This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, December 14th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. In Chicago, a looming regulation could punish homeowners who share their homes on sites like Airbnb. Among other requirements, anyone who is an Airbnb host will be compelled to turn their homes into so-called public accommodations. George Sato, an attorney for homeowners challenging the rule, says it will punish people merely for providing friendly accommodations to tourists. One programming note since recording the following podcast, the rule has been temporarily stayed through the end of February 2017. The city of Chicago uh, enacted a wide-ranging ordinance to attack uh, or to regulate Airbnb and home sharing on sites like Airbnb. And this is one of the first attempts by a city to directly regulate social media, in essence. Uh, It requires people to register before they can list online on the internet. It requires, once they register, that uh, people transform their private homes into public accommodations and make substantial repairs and renovations. Uh, this law is almost impossible to comply with. Uh, it provides, the, it gives your neighbors a veto over which guests you can have in your own home. Uh, and that's essentially the, the questions we're raising with our lawsuit. Um, it this lawsuit is also interesting because this was promoted by Airbnb as a a model for how other cities uh, might want to regulate home sharing on sites such as Airbnb. Chris Lahane, who is the head of Airbnb's head strategist for Airbnb, and uh, is a familiar name to those who uh, followed the presidential campaigns in 2004 and I think 2008. Uh, he also has been promoting uh, a similar law that that they are working with in New Orleans. And the gist of the law is that in exchange for the ability to operate, Airbnb is uh, giving all of its host information to cities, giving a lot of, giving the cities access to a lot of data uh, without the consent of the users of that site. And so another issue that we raise is that this potentially violates the Stored Communications Act, uh, which Airbnb wouldn't be liable for because the cities are making them do it, but the cities themselves might be liable for because uh, they are now gaining unauthorized access to uh, databases on the internet without consent and without a warrant. And uh, this would subject the cities and the taxpayers who passed this type of law to $1,000 minimum statutory penalties per record. So that's another reason why we're seeking court review of this before this law goes into effect, because the cities might not know what they're getting into. What are you seeking in your lawsuit, and when does the law go into effect? The law is presently scheduled to go into effect December 17th or 19th, 2016. It's a little confusing, but mid-December. Our lawsuit, which we filed on November 4th, uh, seeks a declaratory judgment on as to the constitutionality of uh, this law on several different grounds, as well as the legality of this law under federal and state law. Uh, We're seeking injunctive relief. uh, And we recently, on Thursday, filed a motion for a preliminary injunction. And uh, actually, on Thursday, we filed that. And then today, we went to court. And Judge Ellis strongly suggested to the city that they consider voluntarily staying implementation of this law. 
All right. So why would a company like Airbnb uh, be at all uh, amenable to this kind of restriction? Well, these types of laws actually benefit Airbnb in the sense that uh, they're allowed to operate in these cities. They are none of the penalties roll onto Airbnb. Airbnb isn't penalized for any of the activity of its hosts. Um, and Airbnb, th this is a way for Airbnb, you know, to continue to operate without being banned from uh, existing uh, in these cities. Uh, so it seems like a pragmatic strategy from an Airbnb perspective to insulate itself uh, from uh, possible liability. And the fact that the city is requiring them to do it, you know, holding a uh, reg regulatory gun to their head, so to speak, provides them with a statutory immunity against violating the Stored Communications Act. All right. So uh, I guess who else who else benefits from a law like this? Presumably hotels and more traditional accommodations. Yeah, certainly, certainly hotels, uh, the hotel and motel lobbies uh, have have were behind uh, part of this law or behind the push behind this law. They've put forth several studies, which uh, I think are subject to some debate and interpretation as to what those studies mean, but they've interpreted them as showing uh, the impact, the negative impact that Airbnb has on communities um, or the, the extent to which it's happening. I think you also see, and this was an interesting quote from one of the advocates of this law, uh, Alderman Michelle Smith here in Chicago. Uh, she, she was quoted as almost uh, laughing at the notion that this was all about hotel protecting the hotel industry and suggested that, you know, this is an existential threat to communities, uh, uh, which, you know, I, I, I'm not sure where she's getting that, but that seems to be uh, the common reaction, I think, of people within communities that there's this phenomenon happening and they don't seem to know who's doing it or how to control it. So there's a fear in general and not my, my backyard fear. Um, but yeah, I would think that the hotel lobby, hotel lobbies and as well as the hotel unions are behind a lot of these uh, laws in various municipalities. So uh, have other cities looked at something similar? If it's being promoted as a model by people who are associated with Airbnb, are other cities seriously looking at it? Well, New Orleans is one. I just saw an article um, uh, on November 30th, uh, dated November 30th, where Chris Lehane was touting the, uh, the New Orleans as a model. and. The description of the law, which I haven't seen the, the full draft of yet, but the description of the law was very similar to what's happening in Chicago, uh, which basically involves uh, Airbnb registering all its hosts with the city, Airbnb providing uh, all of its data about who the hosts are, where they live, who their guests are, how long they're staying, how much they're getting paid, um, the transaction history, uh, just giving up all this data to the city uh, almost on demand. And that uh, is both in Chicago and appears to be in New Orleans as well. Do you, th do you think this is an effort by the city to essentially attempt to regulate uh, private homeowners with respect to discrimination uh, w with the accommodations that they're providing? I, I've seen that in Chicago, yeah. I mean, that, that's what was behind the uh, requirement that if you list on the internet, all of a sudden your home becomes a public accommodation. Uh, and that I, I believe the intent behind that was to combat uh, the perception that uh, certain groups didn't have as much access to Air, you know, Airbnb or to uh, home 
home sharing. Um, you know, it's certainly in a which is which is interesting because public accommodation is a term uh, was defined by federal civil rights law. I mean, that's the 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 structure upon which the 1964 Civil Rights Act was built. And that 1964 Civil Rights Act contained uh, what was known as the uh, an exception, essentially, for, you know, it was the widower's exception that, uh, you know, it didn't apply to owner-occupied homes with less than a certain number of dwelling units in it. Uh, and and that, you know, even if those were offered to, the, to for borders uh, or to the public, in, in a sense, that the Civil Rights Act excluded that. So it's interesting that cities are attempting to redefine what it means to be a public accommodation. Their- because in, in cases where you're renting a property on a lease for a year or more, the landlord has essentially every right to reject you. Well, the landlords can't reject you for, you know, explicitly race-based reasons. I mean, I think that that, but there are, there are certain exceptions to that. It depends on whether or not you're a small landlord or if you're a larger landlord, at least in Chicago. But yeah, you're right that, um, you know, private homeowners, and that, that's the group we represent, are people that own their own homes and have a second bedroom, that they want to entertain guests. Uh, that That's fundamental. The fundamental uh, right to property has been described as the right to exclude. Uh, you don't have property if you can't exclude. And the, the flip side of that coin is the right to include people uh, or to invite your own guests onto that property. So the, diff- the difference here seems to be that there is commerce involved, that there, right. that there is the exchange of money for some service. Exactly. The, uh, you know, that's why what we, what we do in our complaint is paint a different picture of what Airbnb is. We describe it as a combination of both the commercial and the social, that there is in fact a social interaction that occurs that Airbnb facilitates between a host and a guest. And and this is based on my own experience as an Airbnb host, as the experience of our other uh, members of our group, that they've, they've made some great friendships and met some really interesting people through Airbnb. The commercial transaction is contingent upon a successful social interaction. So in a sense, this is a form of social media, but an augmented social media. And so for the city to paint it all as you've received a dollar, therefore this is commerce is incorrect. Uh, in our opinion, it's a misreading of how, what, how Airbnb works. And furthermore, we even argue that even if you looked at this strictly as commercial speech, even if you looked at this solely as a business, the city goes too far in its regulation of, of this commercial speech by mandating that uh, all the hosts sign an, a, an oath, essentially, an attestation of an opinion or several opinions about you know, the legality of their uh, listing, uh, whether or not they've read and understood this law, um, as well as to uh, post controversial information such as their uh, listing number, the registration number on their listings, which would help the city identify who they are. Anonymity on the internet is actually a protected First Amendment right. And the city is is deliberately trying to get past that by requiring people as a precondition for speaking on the internet that you you register with the city first. For people, I, I, I'm trying to struggling to recall uh, who this was, but I know there was uh, a similar regulation, or maybe not that similar, but a similarly restrictive regulation that New York was considering uh, adopting. And I believe it was Ashton Kutcher came out and said, "Look, people are going to lose their homes. They have made investments." in homes with perhaps a spare bedroom or a second level. 
that uh, would allow them to earn some extra income uh, making use of that on services like Airbnb. Is there an impact uh, comparable that you can see uh, potentially happening in Chicago? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and this is talking to a number of hosts who have come to keep Chicago livable, uh, confused about this law and wondering what to do and, and how to comply with it. And we hear their stories. And, you know, the, the, there is a cost of living in any city, but especially in Chicago, uh, just to own and live and to pay the taxes, to pay your assessments, to pay your mortgage, etc. And people use the ability to list a second bedroom, entertain guests through Airbnb uh, to just defray those costs. They're not actually seeking to make a profit. They're just trying to keep their head above water. And uh, that's, you know, uh, we run into that a lot. We've seen a lot of people that, you know, do it occasionally. They only do it, uh, you know, maybe they're going out of town for two weeks on a vacation, uh, you know, that they haven't taken in a couple of years. And and this helps them, you know, not only watch the house, but also uh, it helps them, uh, you know, pay for that vacation. And frankly, having a listing and being a host makes it easier to book an accommodation as a guest, especially if you're traveling abroad because hosts like to rent other hosts. So yeah, but I mean, certainly there is a cost of living factor that uh, really gets, it it shows that just because you're making a dollar on it doesn't necessarily mean you're trying to do this as a profit-making venture. The city of Chicago, and you said that this law is just about impossible to comply with, has just this month had its first discussion about how to comply with this law. Is that right? That's correct. This law, which goes into effect in less than two weeks, uh, the city held its first public workshop this Friday, December 2nd, uh, and there were probably 20 people in attendance. And what was shocking and amazing to me was that there were a number of questions, we counted almost a dozen, where the city uh, was asked questions about the law and the city a lead enforcer, essentially, who was giving the presentation, uh, punted. She said, talk to the law department. Uh, and we're in court with the law department for the city of Chicago. And they've had this complaint for almost 30 days. And they just filed a motion for an extension of time of 38, 38 additional days to uh, because this, this complaint raises too many issues for them to address. So they don't know the answers either. And this law is going into effect in less than two weeks. Uh, the city admitted that they don't have all the forms prepared. The city hasn't promulgated the rules for how they're going to enforce these, these uh, you know, interpret some of the, the vagueness of this law. They haven't, none of this is in effect. They're not ready to go. And yet they're they're pushing forward to put this law into place. And that's one of the reasons why we're asking for the city to take a time out. Uh, they're not ready. Um, and, and it's pretty evident by the fact that they can't answer simple questions. And uh, the other questions that they can answer were, were incorrect, or at least uh, indicated that they don't know how to put this law into place. George Sato is an attorney for homeowners in Chicago who use sites like Airbnb. You can subscribe to this podcast using iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.